0: Welcome to our show, anyone who want to learn more about events, how you can plan, manage, control, host event, Welcome, because today we are going to discuss a lot more about that. And I know many of my listeners love to attend on different events to get some unique skills that they can't to really learn online. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Roy Kaufman. How are you? Hey, good to see you, Anatoly. All good, all good. A big pleasure to get in my show. I want to learn more about that. Uh, We chatted a little bit that I'm going to speak on one event. I want to get this knowledge, how to do it better. And I know from my audience, they love to learn from events, to take part, to attend, to learn many things. And Roy, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, about your business, and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you.
1: Sounds great. So uh, my name is Roy. I'm from Israel. I'm a father to two amazing uh, kids. I'm working at Cultura for the past almost uh, uh, three years. Um, leading the growth uh, team at Cultura, overseeing um, all the marketing operations, self-servant PLG motions, um, website, and other uh, um, additional marketing uh, initiatives. Uh, we run our own uh, unique um, uh, flagship event called Virtually Live. Uh, we run it uh, once a year. A very, very large event online, um, focusing mainly for event pros uh, uh, in the marketing realm. Um, So, uh, and we're working very closely with a lot of uh, marketeers and uh, learning and development professionals uh, all over the globe with, uh, from the largest companies uh, uh, in the US market, in the European market. Um, So we have a lot of experience and uh, knowledge uh, based on that, um, on how to run events. What are the best practices to ensure you're maximizing uh, events registration uh, and attendance? And to squeeze the lemon uh, uh to make sure you get the most out of it from a demand generation perspective uh and all the activities you need to do before during and after the event um so that's basically it on a, on a, on a nutshell and uh, would be happy to to dive
0: deeper nice nice yeah i want to dive deeper uh, i want to <laughs> ask a lot of questions a bunch of questions <laughs> but i want to ask my first question about israel can you tell why uh, so many great events are in Israel, and uh, uh, I'm interested about expert specialists because I cooperate with many great uh, experts from Israel. For example, who and Back on weeks many big companies. Uh, so uh, can you tell why is, uh, there are are so many great experts <laughs> in Israel because uh, I felt like it's like a non-speaking English country, but I have a lot of connections, friends uh, on this country and yeah, and any information about many events in Israel.
1: <laughs> sure. Um, so first I think that uh, uh, there are a few reasons for that. One is that the Israeli people are tend to be warm people. They love to mm-hmm. network, they love to be social. Um, They love to meet and greet. They love to share knowledge and to learn uh, from one another. Um, And this is how we built our country over the years. Um, And I think you also see that uh, in a lot of cases during events um, that uh, we're hosting here in the country. Um, People from all over the world are actually coming in. Um, And uh, uh, this is a great way to learn and to develop your career, your knowledge. Uh, your experience to get uh, to strengthen your network uh, and to open uh, new channels or new opportunities. Um, the other reason is that by nature, um, I tend to define myself as a cu- very curious person. I love to learn new stuff, um, and and in general, like in Israel, we have a very very strong tech industry uh, compared to the other compared to other countries in the world. Uh, the Israeli people tend to be more in, in, innovative in their mindset, um, um, eager to to de- redefine things, don't take things as a fact, but actually trying to uh, uh, innovate and, and redefine. So that brings a lot of curiosity to the table, bring a lot of innovation, uh, and that helps us um, really to develop capabilities around ex, uh, expert, specific expertise in areas that are not necessarily well-developed already. Um, So I think those are the two main reasons that I would say um, pushes uh, this kind of experience. I have to admit that we've seen, uh, at least from my perspective, I've seen many uh, in-person events in Israel before COVID. Uh, Obviously, during COVID, uh, this decreased significantly. And post-COVID, I feel like it hasn't gone all the way back to where it was before uh, the pandemic. I feel like people still tend to go more online, Um, that they used to do before uh, the pandemic hit. Um, But we do see a a huge trend now of uh, uh, hybrid events where obviously in many cases, uh, people like to maintain uh, the in-person experience, but it's a great practice to ensure that you also have the online experience followed by, um, to ensure that one, um, people all over the globe can join your event. And two, you can continue to maintain this content Uh, for knowledge sharing and for other uh, uh, purposes on demand post the event uh, and to continue to interact with uh, uh, the event uh, audience uh, for longer term than
0: just the period of the event itself Mm -hmm. nice can you tell what is the main difference between offline and online Events and compare to other type of content, for example, courses, uh, blog posts, books, articles. I think you know. Uh, I think all formats are great. It's better to find your live format. That I usually tell everyone. For example, if you like listening podcasts, find a great podcasts, listen to them, learn from them, implement yeah, what sure. you can do. Uh, the same with uh, book reading, anything, you know, and uh, I'm interested about the difference between, you mentioned, online events, offline events, and other formats. So can you tell the benefits of uh, each format? <laughs> sure. So
1: event is just kind of a, um, a way to do, um, to, to, to it's a medium, right, to create content. I think uh, whether it is a podcast, an online event, an offline event, or even a blog post, like uh, even if we go away from from the video uh, technology, uh, all are just different mediums and each person has its own preferences on how to consume uh, uh, this kind of uh, uh, knowledge content. uh, um, And and based on that, they choose uh, what to follow. Uh, And it's very, very personal. I see people that prefer to have the physical interaction. I see people that prefer to have a more efficient day you know, living one or two hours in the day just to join the event online and then continue with their general general schedule. So it's very, very personal. Eventually, um, the the right way to do it is testing a lot and see what works and also to balance between the different uh, uh, channels to try in-person and to try uh, online uh, versus physical or any other, basically, channel, uh, marketing channel that's out there. Um Specifically about online and offline events, um, I would say that from what what we are seeing in Cultura, um, I would say that usually the ability to create scale is in the online events. You can basically open it to as many people as you as you'd like. Um, you don't have a lot of you know obligations or 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 limitations around how many people can attend. Uh, so scale is obviously there. Um, You can go global, you don't have to invite people to a specific location obviously from a cost perspective this is much more cost effective Um, from an analytics perspective this is much more efficient to actually measure the engagement of people within the event you can actually track each and every step uh, of each person, you can route and define each and every journey of each person and the way they consume the content during the event Um, and, and take insights from that and even, you know, push them uh, down the marketing funnel. Um, and for people who actually join those online events, um, they have more flexibility, um, they can do at any given point, whatever they want. They don't need to attend just one, you know, uh, venue or, or one, uh, session. They can ping pong between different sessions. Um, they can network whenever they want through the, the, the chat or even go to a meeting room and, and meet uh, a specific person. And, you know, you don't need to walk so many kilometers or miles uh, during that uh, experience. Um, and, and what we're seeing, so so the online events are more top of funnel, and when you actually want to uh, relate it more to be business efficient, so more bottom of the funnel, uh, you would usually go for the more exclusive and smaller events, Uh, we don't tend to see any more very, very large events as we used to see in the past. Um, Those mostly move to be online um, and the in-person experiences have uh, uh, generally, uh, uh, they're still all out there. But in terms of volume, we're seeing they're coming in in smaller packages, um, mainly because people tend to travel less than they used to do before. Um, you want to make those events more exclusive. Uh, uh, you want to make sure you bring the right people to the table in those in-person events and you create the right experience for them so you would invest more in the in the experience during the event rather than just, you know, bringing as many people as you can. Um, and obviously, there are more limitations when it comes to in-person. You need to make sure you know how to balance between opening up you know the event versus how many people you can actually bring. Uh, you need to have much more tight RSVPs uh, to ensure you bring the right people in. Um, but but then eventually if you want to create valuable connections that actually can convert into the business uh, that's usually tend to be more effective because that's an in-person interaction. You can also do that online for sure. Like we have on our platform the ability to mix um, online sessions and keynotes uh, uh, with uh, separate uh, in-person meeting rooms that can create a very uh, intimate experience uh, uh, for prospects and, and business partners. Um, so uh, you can do that kind of solution, but uh, we do see a, a slight differentiation in terms of where does it fit within uh, uh, the user
0: journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. I hope that's- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh- I want to ask how to get the most benefits from uh, an event. For example, you know, it's interesting uh, uh, if someone uh, attends the event uh, when you have different stages, uh, speakers uh, uh, and uh, a lot of insights uh, and it's hard, it's hard to get all this information. Uh, so can you tell how to do it right? I mean, like how to get the most benefits. For example, you know, it's interesting. I spoke with a few people who read uh, the same book. And, you know, uh, I see the big difference uh, how someone can implement new ideas and uh, someone who can do it for fun, you No, know, <laughs> without benefits. Uh, for me, it's better to do for fun to read uh, <laughs> Uh, not business books you know many great books for that so can you tell uh, how to get the most benefits uh, from attending events
1: sure so, so are you referring to online
0: physical hybrid or all of the above uh, i think it's better to start with offline but you can share some insights about online sure. as well because obviously for me
1: um you know the more digital you go the more insights and 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 outputs and ins like Mm -hmm. you can you can actually get because the amount of data you can collect is immersive like it's huge Um, um, so uh you know in the physical event obviously it's a lot of manual processes to ensure you do um the right follow-ups based on the conversation you had in the field so you need to map all of the people you had uh during the physical event um and make sure, like you know, with each and everyone, what stage of the business is at, and uh, what type of conversation they had, what type of pain points they've raised or needs or uh, uh, um, kind of inputs based on you know small talks during the event, uh, and then make sure you push manually all of that into the CRM, uh, and and make sure you communicate that to the relevant uh, business uh, owner uh, to follow up on. Um, and, and obviously, uh, what we also usually do, and that's very common, you do um, some surveys post-event uh, to get general understanding about the experience and uh, how did each and every person who attended the event actually uh, enjoyed it. Um, from from an online perspective, this is like a whole world. and And that's why I always recommend also when you do the physical event to ensure to keep also the online component part of it because that really allows you to collect much more data. Um, so it starts from the registration, right? In the registration form, you can actually ask a lot of questions relates to the event that you can learn about the prospect, about interest topics, about um, where does he come from, about what he's looking to achieve within the event. Um, and and that's kind of a start of it. Then once he goes into your platform, um, assuming that you upload all the content to be on demand and you invite a person to consume the content, um, uh, you can actually see the journey of that person. You can see um, which videos or which content on demand did they consume. It could be video, it could be white papers or eBooks. Uh, it could be whatever you want. All of that is being captured, tracked, and uh, pushed into the marketing operation system and also uh, to the CRM automatically. So there is no actual need um, to do anything. Um, you can measure engagement um, through, you know, uh, uh, things that he liked or disliked, or uh, um, chat collaboration, like uh, things that he wrote on the chat, uh, uh, polls answers. So we tend to ask a lot of questions on polls uh, um, and in case those have been answered, they're being pushed as well into the CRM. So there are many capabilities on the online component uh, uh, that you can leverage. Um, and the beauty of that, that each one of those is being tracked, uh, being scored, and then eventually you can actually prioritize the quality of the leads you're getting uh, in a much uh, uh, more quantified way, I would say. Uh, if you leverage AI into that, then you can also look for correlations between people who did uh, X amount of uh, uh, activities on online versus how it helped them to convert, and then based on that, create a dynamic score. This is something we're doing at Cultura. Um, um, but but eventually, like the idea to be able to grasp all of this huge amount of information and up, seamlessly push it uh, into the CS- CRM to create more visibility for the salespeople to follow up on, this is priceless for them. Because once the event ends and they start the follow-ups, they can actually create hyper-personalized follow-ups based on the interactions and engagement that those people did during the event uh, and ensure that they have a continuous experience that is contextual to what uh, this person did during the event and that will eventually maximize the results and the outcomes uh, that will become uh, from
0: that event. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. I want to ask about your first name. Actually, uh, I want to ask about (laughs) Roy, you know, about return on investment. Uh, And uh, I'm interested about how to calculate this data. For example, if uh, some companies want to create their event, uh, to host event, and uh, if they do it from scratch, can you tell where to start and how to calculate uh, roi uh, because uh, if uh, anyone will do it because they wanna get sales new customers or any other benefit so any tips about that how to calculate and where to start
1: <laughs> sure great question thank you anatoly um so obviously roi is key especially this year uh, in in uh, such an economic situation and inflation and everyone is cutting budgets and try to do more with less. Um, And I think uh, it's always been important to measure return on investment Um, across all marketing channels. You want to make sure that the balance you create among the different activities is actually reasonable and is actually justified. Um, I also think that when you measure ROI, it's not on a specific event. Uh, It's actually bottom-up or top-down. You can look at it from both directions, but it's about measuring the entire program, and then you want to break it down uh, to specific initiatives within each and every program. So if we take, for example, the overall events program at a certain marketing department, you want to know what's the ROI of the entire program. And then you want to know within that program, what are the events that shows better results than the others? And that's kind of ongoing mechanism where you constantly optimize and improve. You keep, or you double down on the initiatives that actually shows, a higher return, and and you uh, replace or or optimize, or depends on the situation, but you basically need to do something with uh, um, the activities that do not perform well. But at least you get that visibility to know which one performs and which one isn't. And there are many ways to um, measure ROI. There are different uh, um, theories uh, about that. We've just uh, released a new ebook uh, uh, about how to maximize ROI for events. Uh, that shows all the calculation. And that also includes an ROI calculator specifically for events that I've created. It's on our website. You can go online and check it out on Cultural website. Um, and basically the way we look at it is uh, uh, it's very, it, it, it needs to be simple. If it's not simple, it's uh, my my perception. If it's not simple, it's not done right. Um, so you want to make sure you have the costs on the top. The costs would be anything that would, uh, 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 relate directly uh, to the fact uh, that of running that event. It can be production costs. It can be speaker costs. It can be um, uh, um, the venue or, or the event platform um, that you've uh, 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 purchased for uh, the event. Um, then you would include into it the promotion cro- cost. So any partnerships that you paid for in order to push more demand to the event, obviously paid acquisition, uh, channels to drive more registration, etc. Um, if you had any PR or anything like that, you want to include all of that in. Um, so that's kind of the cost. Uh, um, now the return part, because eventually the, the just to make sure the formula is on 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 the top part, you want to have the return. On the bottom part, you want to have uh, um, the uh, a cost, and you want to divide the two. So the return is basically any income that you got from the event. And there are a few ways to measure it. Um, Obviously, there, there is the direct um, correlation of uh, um, sponsorship that you brought on. So those are basically pure income um, that you had. You have pipeline generated and even closed one deals that were generated from the event uh, that from leads that were initiated from the event. So you promoted the event, people registered, and eventually they became customers. So those usually would considered as leads that generated from the event and deals that were generated from the event. So those should be calculated in. Usually, if we're in a SaaS space, we would usually look at the ARR and annual uh, uh, um, recognized revenue, uh, uh, sorry, recurring revenue, um, which is taking the monthly fee multiplied by 12, and that would be um, that chunk. Um, And then you wanna measure the entire funnel. This event brought new leads, brought, uh, awareness, brought meetings, uh, brought pri- pipeline. All of those metrics are very important. And what you need to do is for each and every step in the funnel that those appeared in, you need to um, multiply multiply by the, the ratio or the probability of that uh, um, lead or meeting to become an actual closed one deal. And from that, you can actually get to a bottom line of the return. Now, you can take it step by step. You can start very very simple, and then the more advanced you want to go, the more accurate you want to get. Um, you can go down the road. We've made it very very simple uh, with this uh, calculator that, as I mentioned, is on our uh, cultural website, um, and you can access it. and And everything is very simply explained there, uh, so you can take it step by step. I think eventually that's super important because if you can't justify the ROI of your event, to multiple stakeholders within the organization, from the executives uh, and the CEO and, and, and other stakeholders uh, uh, within the company, you, you cannot actually um, uh, get uh, to double down on this uh, activities moving forward, right? You wanna make sure you have the best output of your event um, to ensure that uh, uh, you, this continues to grow over and over uh, from one event to another. So that's why this is super important.
0: Mm-hmm. nice yeah got it yeah love it yeah and uh, uh, you mentioned about uh expense expenses for speakers can you clarify more about that i mean it means like we need to pay some fee to speakers uh, or uh to pay for outreach in them I mean like uh, to reach out to tell or we have the event do you want to speak because we have a relevant audience to your products so, or any tips about that <laughs>
1: Yeah, so it's it's a very controversial topic, I would say. Um, my belief that in many cases, almost most cases, I would say, um, speakers do tend to come and speak, okay? They do want to come and speak. They do want to share their knowledge. They do want to increase their brand. Um, Anatoly, does the dog disturb?
0: Yeah, that's okay. You know, my, my dogs usually take part on my podcast all the time. Uh, it shows that it's live conversation, uh, yeah, uh, that's okay. you know, no worries about that. I think dogs wanna share their opinion. that's okay. <laughs> we
1: wanna I'm, I'm only increasing right now. engagement now because people love dogs usually yeah. <laughs> um anyway, so um people do tend to um come and speak for for events. They do find it uh interesting uh and and from a personal brand perspective, this is a good thing to do. um so uh, uh this is obviously very, very positive. In some cases, when you want to bring a big name in order to drive more demand, that would usually cost you money, Um, but you need to balance it. Like, I'm not sure you need to make the right calculation whether bringing such a big name would justify from an ROI perspective, right? Like how many leads do you expect uh, that this uh, uh, big name can bring on top of what you can bring anyway? Uh, And I tend to think that in most cases, This is actually ROI negative. If you're able to bring the right speakers that want to share their voice to increase their personal brand, um, and many times it's based on relationship, it's based on customers that you work with, um, you would be surprised how many people are actually happy um, to speak at events that are not necessarily of their own company. I'm sure you experience it yourself as someone who's inviting people to speak at their at your uh, um, podcast. So uh, it happens all the time. And, and I tend to st- to say, uh, uh, keep investing in, in those type of uh, uh, approaches, like be bold, go and ask people, do you want to join my event? Uh, make sure you position it right in the relevant yeah. context. Uh, I usually go and look for people that actually have interesting uh, uh, thoughts or posts on social uh, about things I'm, I'm sure you do it as well. And, and that's a great way to say, hey, I would love you to share this kind of ideas on my event. And, and you can get big names like that many times. Like you'd be surprised again. And I've been surprised in the past how we can bring great names uh and and, and they can and they just want to share their uh personal knowledge uh and increase their personal brand. So if you focus on that and you position your event in the right way, um, this is actually the right way to do it. As I said, um, you know, when it comes to large event, there is always this option uh, to bring big names. Uh, usually, they would tend to bring larger audience, but the ROI around it is, is quite debatable,
0: I would Yeah, say. yeah, got it. I agree. Yeah, I remember when I hosted my event. Um, yeah, by the way, I decided to jump on this board as well. And yeah, I invited Rand Fishkin. Uh, uh, many great experts, uh, Paul Vera. and yeah, uh, that was not simple to invite them. But if you build the right connections, you can, you know, you can reach out to uh Fishkin and tell, do you want to speak on my event? Of course, it's important to share benefits because uh, great influencers are so busy and they need to understand what kind of uh results they get not you (laughs) because yeah it's very important to provide benefits uh yeah i would
1: also say i would also say that it's important to understand your audience right of
0: course you want to
1: bring people that are relevant for your audience you don't want to bring speakers just because they're big names um Mm -hmm. or you know you want to you want to make sure you bring the right people that can actually give value and i always tend to look for people who can actually Talk in 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 and give specific examples. Uh, I tend to feel like uh, I, I see many many sessions um, that are very very high level, and when I finish to listen to them, ask myself what did I get, and it's not always very very practical. Um, sometimes they are, and that's the areas that I value the most. Um, mm-hmm. So make sure you bring speakers that can actually um, bring value. Um, you know there are tons of them nowadays all over the web uh, on, on social, etc. So make sure you do the right research before you define who are the speakers in your event.
0: Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, let's talk about uh, marketing. Uh, I think, I think, yeah, it depends. Um, it's hard to promote event. M- many things you can do. For example, some great speakers like Gary Vee, for example, when he speaks uh, he can share on all social media to get thousand people because of uh, yeah because of mass following but uh, if you are talking about uh, most companies that wanna invite big, relevant audience, but uh, have no such uh, followers on social media. Can you tell how to market event? I mean, like how to find the right way? Because, of course, we have many different marketing channels. You can set up paid ads. You can uh, use organic reach to influence marketing, many things. But from your experience, how to find the best way?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So um, first, it's challenging. I won't say it's easy, especially if you go for paid promotion, right? And usually, when you do it organically, um, depends on your on your community size. Um, there are always the advocates that will c- come and register and join your events. Um, there are the people that are on your social um, that for sure will get your um, uh, your exposure and will join eventually the event. Email marketing, you know, is a very traditional channel, but still one of the channels that works the best and usually doesn't cost money. Um, So those are obviously the organic ones and those should be be the default go-tos. You should make sure, you know, if you don't do it there, something is missing, I would say. You should make sure you leverage and maximize your organic channels to its most, uh, um, as well as your homepage. So if you have organic traffic to your homepage, make sure your event gets visibility um, on your homepage, uh, on the relevant pages related to your products or blog pages with some promotions, um, on your website, um, sometimes uh, SEO can be helpful for that as well, depending on your brand and uh, the type of event you're running. Um, and when it comes to paid, it's it's quite difficult. So obviously, um, the more partnerships you can create, uh, um, that's a good thing. So three things there. One, the obvious route would be go through the regular social channels. Uh, what we've seen that works best there is usually to promote organic. Um, posts that relates to the speakers, relates to the companies of that the speakers are actually coming from, um, and relates to um, the content and the values that you can actually get from the event. Um, I think this is a great anchor around speakers um, to make sure you get nice exposure because this is a great way to um, expand your net, your community um, over your general borders because if a speaker is joining your event and he shares that post about him speaking at your event, automatically your event gets exposed to a much larger audience that would not necessarily be part of yours. So I do see speakers as an important component, not only from a content perspective, but also from a promotion perspective. So make sure you bring as many speakers from outside and also from good companies, uh, uh, because if you have that speaker logo with the company logo that he's from, um, that usually catches the eye of people. If people recognize that company, they usually don't recognize the person unless it's a a very famous person. Uh, They usually don't recognize the person. They would recognize the company and that would bring uh, more attention and potentially more people that will come and register and want to learn from that person from that company because it builds uh, some authority. Uh, if that company is is uh, uh, famous. Um, I would say that working closely with publishers uh, that has newsletters and distribution lists specifically to the niche of your event. So let's say you're doing event for uh, marketing. Uh, you want to seek and do some research around publishers um, that are relevant for the marketeers Uh, for for event marketeers or for anything like that, usually uh, you would partner with them and you would create an email blast uh, to their uh, distribution list. Uh, You can create uh, uh, additional, they have tons of packages uh, uh, that you can choose from Um, uh, and build that type of relationship can work very, very well. Um, and, And then influencers are definitely, uh, a, a good anchor, um, either if you invite them as speakers, as I said, then they would promote your event natively or organically um, through their own channels or through a paid promotion. Um, usually, you know, the the, the the influencer voice is very, very strong uh, to bring them. Uh, and another angle that I've seen is, is, you know, again, depends on the size of the company, but um, working closely with sales making sure they are aware of your event and they bring the, the, the our, your customer the, the people they are in touch with and many times the champions in in uh, in the in the companies they they work with are actually can echo very nicely the event through their own organization so if you are my customer and you like working with me you would go to your company and you would share it with other, stakeholders or colleagues within your company saying, Hey, there is this cool event, make sure you register. Um, so that also works, uh, uh very, very well.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Great. Great. And I wanna ask about one topic that, uh, that I, it's hard for me to ignore, you know, uh, because, um, what I found, uh, when I start something new, I usually make a lot of mistakes. Um, I keep doing them even uh, during the process. That's okay. I can learn from them. But I know that we have two types of mistakes. I mean, like the first type you can avoid by learning from others and mistakes that you need to do. That's okay. If you make mistakes, learn from them, go ahead. But it's better to avoid some mistakes by learning uh, from them. Can you share a list of mistakes that companies still do in uh, hosting events and your tips how to be well prepared, you know, to avoid these mistakes?
1: So many. Where should I start? Um, <laughs> I would say that uh, the most common mistake that uh, I see is uh, around planning. Um, and usually it comes, it improves over time when you gain more and more experience, right? Uh, when you run an event for the third time, it's not like you've run it for, for the first time. Um, you learn over time and that's by nature makes it uh, uh, more effective. But try to uh, uh, plan ahead of time uh, uh, your event in terms of what's the themes that you want the event to be around. What are the top talking tracks? Um, what's your uh, um, what, what's your slots or, or general like skeleton agenda that you can go then and fill in um, the speakers set targets in, in advance uh, to make sure you have clear alignment with the team on where, where do you want to get or what do you want to achieve, um, and 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 then start to roll out the plan. And when you roll out the plan, you will always, um, you know, come up with, with things that you didn't foresee in advance, uh, um, but that's part of the game. But at least you have, you know, the general framework. Uh, it creates more alignment. It's cre- it decreases the frustration of, you know, last-minute things that come come up, but you should still set the expectation within the team, uh, you know, to explain that this is a very large event uh, or a small event depends on the event type uh, and size, Um, but usually this happens. Um, Another area that I'm seeing is that many people actually don't leverage uh, uh, post-event well enough. Um, So let's say the event ended, Usually people would just, you know, put uh, uh, the recording on or not always, sometimes they don't even put the recording on um, and then they kind of forget about it and move on. Usually the event creates a great source of content that people would like to consume over time. So, and, and it's very easy once you have that, you know, initial content to repurpose it. So make sure, you know, first make it available online so you can continuously... Create more and more uh, leads and demand over time. We've seen uh, uh, generally that uh, post-event generate uh, 15 to 20% additional demand over the course of time once the event ends. So uh, uh, this is a significant ability to improve your performance by 15 to 20% just by doing that. Uh, Then you want to make sure you create blog posts. Uh, you you summer, you recap the event and you share it on social. Um, you can create driven ebooks or or uh, videos to promote online. Um, and and this is a, a throw a treasure trove of content that you can definitely make great use of uh, later on. Um, so this is another typical mistake uh, that we're seeing. Um, I would say another. I would give another example, and again, it's things that comes out uh, uh, to my mind. Uh, I think that people perceive attendance in event uh, um, not always in the right way. Like attendance is is, is kind of an issue, because when you talk about event, the the main question that that people want to know, you know, once the event ended, is how many attendees did we have, right, and in this modern era where people are tend to be super busy, right? Uh, And especially in online events, um, many times people register to the event just to get, you know, the on-demand link. They don't even plan to join the event live uh, ahead of time. Um, And to put all the emphasis around the success of the event solely on the fact of whether or not there were enough people attending in real time, the event or not, uh, uh, I find it uh, uh, quite off. I think the way to look at it is much more holistic. How much demand did you generate? How much registrant did you bring? How effective were the follow-ups post the event? How much content did we generate uh, through the event that we can now leverage and create more and more derivatives of it, and generate more demand throughout the year uh, with it? Um, How much did we lift the brand awareness? How many people now heard about my brand, about my company that they did not know before? How much value did I give my prospects? And then you can also measure it down the road, right? How much impact did I generate to my pipeline? And many times, you know, it's not just about I generated this opportunity from the event. No, it's not just about that. Sometimes there is an opportunity that was generated, let's say, six months ago. But the fact that this person joined this uh, event or this webinar or whatever it is, created sort of uh, uh, another step in the journey that evolved his understanding about his pain points, about his challenges, about the need and about the solution that your company can provide and may accelerate um, the opportunity towards closed one. So The fact that the the, the event influenced many of the opportunities is also something that many times is hard to measure, but is definitely uh, impactful and uh, influential about uh, uh, the opportunities that are generated and influenced from the event. And I think attribution is also a big topic and a big discussion that we can uh, uh, talk a little bit, but it doesn't need to be super accurate. It needs to make sense, it needs to be simple, and it needs to show correlations between people that attended or registered to the event and the outcomes that we are seeing on the business side uh, after uh, the, the event happened from those specific audiences that joined the
0: event. Nice, nice, yeah, awesome, awesome. And I have my final question about the future. Uh, you know, I have my crystal ball. I tried a few times. It didn't work. <laughs> uh, I bought crypto. And I felt that crypto will go up. Actually, it went down. <laughs> but luckily... I now it's up again,
1: through.
0: isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm patient. But it's sold yeah, I you sold already. You sold everything. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I bought some altcoins, not bitcoins. So <laughs> and they are more volatile than bitcoin. But anyway, I never put all X in one basket. That's okay. I can lose uh, sometimes. Sometimes I can win. Um, and... Uh, Uh, I want to ask about the future of events. You know, many things are coming. For example, Apple is going to launch this headset, you know, augmented reality. Uh, We have uh, a lot of online events, different formats. uh, And, uh, yeah, I want to ask what kind of future will be in uh, online and offline events in your vision and how we can prepare today uh, to this possible future. Cool.
1: Um, So the way I see it is that um, over the time that things evolve, uh, the amount of flexibility and options increases, right? And eventually everything gets into niches, right? There, There is people that are expert in this niche or that niche. So I see it also applies to event, right? If before COVID we just had events uh, now we have so many different types of events and it's always continues to grow, right? We have the physical, we have the, uh, uh, we have the online events, we have the hybrid events, which is kind of a mix. Uh, and then you can also say, you know, the different types of events, we have webinar, we have podcasts, um, we have big events, small events. So, so many types. And when you think about it, every company has events, right? There is no single company on earth um, that does not do any type of event, right? They do it online, they do it offline, they do it small, they do it big, but they do something with the event because events is a great way to interact, to create brand awareness, um, and to uh, um, uh, uh, get closer uh, uh, with your audience, with your community. Um, the main areas of challenges that I'm seeing right now are around engagement and how to maximize engagement. So. I think uh, uh, this is key, because what happened over the past few years is that event production or event creation became so easy that everyone does it in in any sort of way, and the market is is kind of flooded uh, with so many events, and every company does events, so people came uh, became a bit more uh, blind around events. They see see them all the time. They register all the time. They don't necessarily join. And if they join, they don't necessarily engage. So I think in order to create an impact of a company that is running an event, it's not enough just to set the event, invite people in hopes that something good would come out of it. It's about how you can create valuable experiences and engagements um, to ensure that uh, uh, the event is actually valuable for the prospect and is not blind uh, to your event uh when it comes to engagement i think we're going to see a lot of capabilities around gamification um, around how to uh, um, how to convey a message in a, in a gameful manner in a, in, a, in a playful way uh, that will get the people to interact actively interact uh, with uh, the session with the speaker. Uh, so we're seeing very, very initial uh, uh, things around it today with polls and um, and 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 some reactions, crowd reactions, etc. Um, and and uh, group chatting, right, uh, to share some comments and feedback, etc. But I'm sure that in the upcoming uh, time, this will continue to increase and will become much more playful around the content that is shared uh, in the webinar. Um, so this is number one. I think a huge uh, uh, revolution that is happening right now, obviously, as we all know, is around AI. Um, And it has a lot, a lot to do with events. Um, It has impact before the event, during the event and after the event. AI basically will enable any company or any person on earth to generate an event without a lot of knowledge. Now, it wouldn't be the most sophisticated, you know, groundbreaking event you've seen out of the box, but it would definitely bring you from zero to 10 in a glance, uh, at a glance. So, so I, I think this is a huge change because it actually opens up a lot of capabilities for people who would want to do event but actually didn't have the time, the resources, or the knowledge to do so. So AI actually enables you to do that, uh, uh, professionally in a timely manner. Uh, With low resources, Um, so this is actually expands the event market uh, uh, to become much larger than what it is today. And we're talking, and when we're talking about the capabilities of AI within event, so before the event, it's a lot about the ideation, the concept, the outline, the agenda, recommendation about who are the people that can join your event, right? Cut time uh, significantly around the research of the event. Um, to make sure you get from from nothing to something valuable in a, in a very very short time. So think about it. You can get already the topic and and what are you going to talk about, etc. During the event, it's a lot about real time insights uh, uh, with AI. So understanding analytics in real time, uh, being able to push uh, uh, notifications and and respondents of, of of people that are joining the event in real time. Uh, so a lot about gamification as I said with AI in real time uh asking polls based on what's uh, uh the conversation is about etc and post the event it's a lot about the content repurposing right so uh taking all the assets uh if it's video transcripted it, and then push it into AI and get amazing outputs around blog post and social post and and videos and 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 meshups and so many things that you can do with it um that creates uh, a lot of assets that you can then go at scale instantly push and get more and more value more and more demand uh and scale your your activity as a whole just from having that event um so those are the main areas the other area the, the last area that i'm seeing is a lot around brand so how do we get our experiences much more branded um People got uh, uh, tired, I would say, uh, from running event on third-party uh, um, solutions that don't actually um, show their brand in a good way. Um, I feel like there is a true need for much more branded experience today, and I'm sure that this trend will continue to grow over time, and people will uh, uh, um, favor solutions that will allow them uh, uh, to level up their brand to create more brand uh, awareness and brand uplift uh, through that personalized experience of the event.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Awesome. Awesome. Roy, it's a big pleasure to get at the show. I love it. All these valuable insights, valuable. Uh, tell the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you, how to host events with you.
1: <laughs> so obviously I'm available on, on social. So LinkedIn is, is a great way. I'm always up to speed on my uh, LinkedIn messages um happy to share um, my email as well uh, and to follow up with whoever wants um and uh, yeah feel free to reach out if you have any question would like consultation just get you know best practices uh, or benchmark your events uh, uh, across uh, what we see in the industry so would love to have a chat and and uh, get in touch uh, so make sure you reach out
0: Okay, nice, guys, you can find the link to LinkedIn account in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. Love it. So valuable. Uh, I'm going to to learn more about event. I follow you. I recommend to anyone to follow Roy on LinkedIn because you can see a lot of value. Okay. Love you. See you all. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.